0: You can forget a lot of things, Foster Care Nation. But never forget this. You're listening to Unparalleled Studios. I say no. Foster Foster Care Nation. Nation. Listen up. up. This is Foster Care and Unparalleled Tournament. Strength for the powerless. Courage for the fearful. Hope and healing for wounded hearts. Hello, and welcome back to Foster Care and I'm Parallel Journey with Jason and Amanda. And today, our guest is, well, why don't you tell us about our guest today, Amanda?
1: Um, you know, that's the funny thing. I can't tell you about a guest today because you failed to get me a guest.
0: No, no, you failed to get the guest.
1: Oh, no, it wasn't up to me. I mean, I have a partner in crime here strapped to my chest. I got a baby squish. So I did my part. You failed on the guest. Wait, wait, wait. You're squishing a baby? I am. I got a baby squish. That does not
0: sound okay to me.
1: She doesn't talk, though. She's too little. So I think the guest part's probably going to fall on us.
0: Oh, okay. Hmm. Well...
1: Will you be my guest?
0: (laughs) I guess that's what you're going to have to put up with today.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got me and I got you.
0: And you got Baby Squish. I do. For everybody wondering who Baby (laughs) Squish is, Baby Squish, that's just the name she's managed to pick out for herself. Um, Well... I'll say it that way. I'm not going to say that Amanda called her that, but, you know, maybe. I
1: I, I may have picked it, but uh, Baby Squish is here for a little while to stay, and she's a beautiful little six-week Baby Squish.
0: Yeah, and she's always squishy. And if you've had little ones, you know what that means. Um, Not like the oh, little squishy cheeks, but, yeah, she's always squishy. She needs a new diaper about every 32 seconds, so it's all good. We just call her Baby Squish, and she's going to hang out with us today. Hopefully she doesn't have much to say today, though. We'll see. Yeah, she had a <laughs> bottle, and um, she's comfortable and warm and in a baby wrap, so we're going to hope for the best.
1: Yep, so you might hear a little baby, but today I think our, our guest is going to be us.
0: Oh, buddy. Well, we're, we're in for a treat because we get to be our own guest. I'm excited.
1: Absolutely. So, us being the guests, what are we going to talk about today?
0: Well, one of the things that gets missed a lot in foster care is this whole story of BioFamily. We've interviewed quite a few people uh, that have something to do with being part of the bio family. But it's something that I don't think we talk about enough just in this culture, in this community in general. Um, the, uh, the bio family can play a really, really pivotal role as to how the whole thing works out.
1: Well, absolutely. And the, and the one thing about a bio family, the thing that I feel like is always lost and forgotten is the bio dad. Everything gets put on mom. You know, mom takes care of the kids. Mom feeds the kids. Mom bathes the kids. You know, mom does all these things. And mom's, you know, the pivotal player in the whole game. But dad gets lost.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Because when we talk about the bio family, I mean, you've got, you obviously have mom. Uh, bio mom is, is a important person. It's one of the more important people in this whole thing. But sometimes mom's not terribly involved. Sometimes, you know mom doesn't show back up and she's got her own things going on in life, or maybe she's incarcerated or, or often deep into an addiction where she's just not able to be part of the, the whole process. And, you know, you've got dad and then you have the extended family as well. I mean, we've seen lots of grandparents be involved. We had one little guy. Actually, I don't even want to call him just one little guy. <laughs> one of our special little guys. If you look back far enough in the episodes, if it's still available, um, baby Carl, Think is what we called him in that episode name. Yep, baby Carl. He he ended up going back to his great aunt because his grandma had some uh, some issues, and mom had some addiction issues, and
1: mom was also incarcerated.
0: Yep, yep, and, and
1: uh, she would not name a father.
0: Yeah, and, and so when it was all said and done, her grandma's sister is the one who ended up taking baby Carl.
1: Yeah, so great auntie played a, a very pivotal role. You know, but that was the thing. Mom didn't name a dad. And so there was no dad to contact, you know, but the thing is, is dads are just as important as mothers. Dads do everything that moms do. They change diapers. They take their kids to the store. They feed them. They Wait, clothe them. wait,
0: wait. I'm supposed to be changing diapers
1: absolutely you're supposed to be changed in diapers. I'm going to have to throw one at your head.
0: (laughs) Well, to be honest, I'm kind of a ninja when it comes to diapers,
1: (laughs) you know, but dads want to be involved. And so often they just get pushed to the side. They're not included. They're not thought of. And I know some really good dads. Yeah. I'm staring at a really good dad, a dad who does everything that I do. And that shouldn't be forgotten.
0: Well, and it's important to realize that because so many men that I've talked to when we talk about foster care, you know say things like, "I could never do that," you know, I don't know if I could love another man's child and and so so some guys have that that problem with being able to have that discussion openly about taking care of kids. It's just because they're not wired that way, but quite frankly, we have some seen plenty of cases where the mom was was wired the same way, and there's lots of dads who who are wired to take care of their kids. Even in this situation, um, we have had four kids go back to biological placements. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So of the last 20 to 30 kids that we've had in our house, four of them have gone back, which is horrible numbers, number one.
1: Absolutely it is, you know, because foster care is supposed to be about reunification,
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's supposed to be the whole thing. So four out of twenty. I'm just going to go ahead and do the quick math because I'm weird like that. That's twenty percent. That's a horrible success rate that we that we have in in our experience. Which isn't not necessarily mean that that's what it is everywhere or for everyone. But that's just our anecdotal experience. It's it's been twenty percent of the kids that have gone back. Other than that, um, it's it's been pretty low numbers. But of those four kids, all four of those kids ended up going back to dads, if I remember right.
1: Yeah, And I mean, I'd like to talk about one particular dad, you know, he had a really hard road to walk. He had his two babies that he was working for. And in the beginning, you know, he wasn't that involved and it was a really hard road for him. But, you know, A's dad, he stepped up to the plate and he he really had to work. He had to go through you know, different parenting classes and getting himself a home and a job. And in the midst of all of that, he was dealing with children's division. He was dealing with us. And he was also dealing with the children's mother that was extremely unstable and was making false accusations. You know, it was really difficult for him. And it took him a long time, but he did the work. It took a year and a half and he worked his butt off.
0: Yeah, you know, I I've I tried to reach out to him on Facebook one time and I just I didn't get a response, but he also does not seem to have an active Facebook page, so I don't know if he he chose not to respond or just never saw it. I'd love to be able to have a chance to talk to him about that road because I know that, you know, all we actually know, I say I know it, but <laughs> all we actually know is we know that what we're told. And so, from what I understand, in the middle of all that, um, she was his wife was making, or I think it was wife, she was making false accusations against him with some domestic violence stuff, which turned out to be a crazy wild story to hear what was actually going on, um, at least, again, according to what we heard, allegedly, I'll say.
1: Right. Because <laughs> we, we know, you know, tell a friend, tell a tree, telephone, you know, things get lost in translation. You know, people, you know, we get... A little bit here and there. You know, there's confidentiality. Children's Division can only give us so much per HIPAA.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's a challenging thing to, to understand the whole thing because Children's Division knows what they know. We know what we hear. They know what they experience. And somewhere in the middle of all that is where the truth actually lies. So I don't know that story 100%. I'd love to have the opportunity to have him tell that story because, because amongst all that, if, if I'm to believe all the stories that I heard from all the people I heard them from, there was a lot of false allegations and when the kids went into care, they had some real problems and he ended up leaving and then had some, uh, a little bit of addiction issues that popped up and...
1: He also had to do, his he had some jail time that he had to take care of in the beginning.
0: Did he? I don't remember that yeah, part. he
1: did. He, he had some jail time and then he had his probation, you know, but... He did that. And while he was in jail, he was able to take some parenting classes, which he needed. you know. But that's also the thing is there's not a whole lot of support for dads.
0: Yeah, because you then know? he got out and he had all this stuff to deal with. And here's the part that blew my mind away. As I watch this guy step out of his addiction issues, make some choices, like hardcore white knuckle choices and decide that it's time to change who he was and change what his world looked like. And he got a job, not just, you know, not just a, I'm working six hours a week, so I have a job to meet the requirements of having a job. But he got himself a real job.
1: Yeah, he did.
0: He ended up being promoted, so he was at least doing a good job at work.
1: Yeah, he was able to get a home for him and his children with adequate space.
0: Yep, yep. Um, He had uh, child care lined up for after they came there. Um, got away from some of the people in his life who were, who were causing, well, maybe not causing, who who were encouraging the, the addiction issues. Right. <laughs> you know, if you well, I kind of step thing. around, he,
1: it. he had to step away from his mother.
0: Yeah. You know, I kind of step around it because I don't know all the details there exactly 100%, but I can say that, that if people who are using are with other people, if, if you don't get away from those people, it's really hard to to quit and stay clean, um, And what we saw was a guy who did all that.
1: Absolutely.
0: And at the beginning, that's not who I thought I was seeing.
1: Well, no, and and that's the thing. You know, I really feel like bio dads are set up for failure in this society and everything that's going on. if you look at services for parents, there's all kinds of services for mothers. There's shelters. There's, you know, um, different classes and things. But the main thing is, is there's shelters for, for women. They give them a place to go. They help them get a job, secure a place to live. There's not shelters for fathers. They can't go and get the help that they need or a safe place to stay because domestic violence goes both ways. It's not just women that are being abused. Men get abused, too. And in this case, he was abused. And there's not shelters for that. There's not classes for that. There's no place to go for him. If he was a woman, he could get all the help that he needed
0: yeah and and I don't know if, you know if I would even call it technical abuse as far as I understand because I think it was it was a lot of allegations against them, although I don't know it's it's been several years ago, <laughs> and we're working off of some old memory here, so don't take anything that we're talking about about you know, any past cases as some sort of absolute thing,
1: absolutely. I'm just saying that there's not as many services for men as there are for women,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure because we're expected as men to be, to have our stuff together, to be like the guy ready to go take care of everything. That's, we already have that. We're born with that. No.
1: You pull up your boots and you step through the muck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that works for a while. But, but one of the things that you mentioned women's shelters, and one of the things I think you can really get there, um, not that I have any experience living in a woman's shelter because I make an Horribly hey, ugly woman. You look
1: beautiful in a dress. I mean, yeah. you got your man skirts.
0: Hey, 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 now.
1: <laughs> hey, there ain't no shame in wearing a kilt. <laughs> you got that right.
0: But yeah, no, the, you go into these situations, and while every woman in their situation is different, there's the ability to build some level of community, to meet other women who are in hard places and build some community. And Absolutely. I just want to point out the way that society is set up. I don't think men are. are Are encouraged to build community at all in a healthy way.
1: No, and that's really needed, you know. And you talk a lot about your dad's group, and that's a community of men that are helping each other and sharing feelings and emotions, you know. And that just doesn't happen too often because guys aren't supposed to do that. You're supposed to be strong and and just kill it. 100%
0: 100% you know and, and I do talk about the dad's group a lot and I'm just going to throw a quick plug in here for it because if you are a dad if you have nobody around you that's that's a great influence in your life because the truth is and I've learned this through the you know through the the podcast that supports the group and the group um is that you are was it's Jim Rohn you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time around and that's just a fact you can't help that. That will be. And if the five people you spend the most time around are centered around drinking and drugs, partying and chasing women, you're just gonna you're gonna become that if that's the people you hang around. If that is your norm for your friend group. That's you're gonna become. And it's really hard to change that without changing your friend group.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, but there has to be a place for men to go to find that where it's not, you know, I'm not a guy, so forgive me, I'll probably get this wrong. But I mean, there's the whole macho thing, you know, the, oh, I'm I'm big, I'm bad, you know, and you got to set aside some of that ego, you know, because it's not going to get you anywhere good. And that's the thing about your dad's group is that it's a community of guys that support each other. It's not measured by how big you are. I don't have a polite way to say it, <laughs> you know, but it, it's the, you know, I'm bigger than you. I, I'm bigger. I'm badder. I'm stronger. You know, but you need a community of people that you can talk to and just be Okay.
0: Yeah, we, well, as men, we're all big bad mofliggies in our own mind. But the yeah. truth is, is there are some some places in there that that need that don't need the big strong guy. There are some places inside your own heart and soul that that need people who you can talk to, talk through hard stuff, whether that is an addiction issue, whether that is the loss of a family member, or whatever traumas you've experienced in yourself. Because a lot of these parents who end up with kids in the system are kids who, as kids, they were also foster kids themselves. And they probably have their own you know, suitcase full of trauma to drag around with them that they have never worked out with anybody else. They just keep it in the back of their brain and close it up and pretend like it doesn't exist. And it doesn't exist until it does, and then it peaks out in crazy ways, and, and we see all these problems. So finding a group of people that you can identify with, that you can talk through, some of those things is so very valuable. And if you're interested in finding it, you can find his podcast – at the dad edge i think is what it's called um he changed the name a while back and it's killing me because i always want to call it the good dad project if you search for that you'll probably still find him but it's the dad edge um, podcast and then if you look on facebook the dad edge um i think it's it's hyphenated the dad edge dash real dads with a purpose or something like that um i should know better because i've been a part of this group for <laughs> like five years now yes you have i'm a part of the leadership in this group um I should remember this.
1: You know, and and the thing is, is I have seen how it helps. I have seen the changes. You know, I've seen what it has done for you to have other dads to talk to. You know, because you're a dad. We got a crap ton of kids. I mean, if we count them up, we got eight kids, you know, and you got to have a place to go. You got to have a place to talk, you know, because our kids come with a bucket of trauma. Yes, I, I do. have a bucket of trauma. You have trauma. I mean, our house is like a big old huge bomb of friggin' trauma.
0: <laughs> it's a trauma factory, baby.
1: <laughs> you know, but you got to have help. You need support. And I think that's the biggest thing that we're talking about today is trying to get support for dads because I really feel like it's overlooked a lot.
0: Yeah, the, the dad the side of it is that, you know, we have seen in our experience, again, it's just anecdotal experience. I'm not making any big claims here to, to be oh, the yeah, w- way statistic. the world happens. But dads have been the ones who, when they made the decision to become better, to change their life, to straighten their stuff out so they can get their kids back, they were successful at it. And that's the problem that, that most people are, are missing out on is that they're not very supported either. And so if we're not supporting these dads then we shouldn't be too awful surprised that they're not getting a whole lot of opportunities for success. So I, I do have a question for the audience here. I just want y'all's opinions. What kind of things do you feel could really help dads become successful? Bio dads in the foster care situation. So their kids are in, in foster care. What kind of things would help support them? And that's what I want people to tell us about. And we have the new Google voice number that you guys can call and leave a message on. Just leave a voicemail there. Um, you can text it. I'm not going to lie. I am terrible at getting back to the text <laughs> on that. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I tried to have a conversation with the with the, somebody who messaged me the other day, and it took me forever because I'm a busy guy, and I don't. it makes a weird notification sound. I haven't figured out how to change it yet. I am not the guy to do all that stuff. So um, if you have anything to throw in there, call us at 413-FOSTER-3. Again, that's 413-367-87... No, 8373. Yeah, let's get that right. 413-367-8373. That's... Four one three foster three and you can just call it'll go straight to voicemail because it's set up not to ring and you can leave a voicemail there and you know we would love to hear some of your ideas and ways to help um biological dads in this situation and you know have some clips that we could maybe even play on air in the future or just something we can talk about another thing about all this is i have a friend of mine who is who feels pulled towards foster care but he's also an amazing dad and now he's an amazing grandpa as well and he is talking with me about maybe figuring out what we could do to support Bio dads. We would love some ideas as to how this would help. So if you or a family member um, ha- have experienced it, or if you have worked with BioDads because you're a foster parent, or if you just n- know out of your own experience, what would help support a dad who's lost in the system? Tell us, what's your idea? How can we help? Because at the end of the day, that's what this is supposed to be for, is to help.
1: Absolutely. We want to hear from you, Foster Care Nation.
0: Be sure to come back next week. We have new episodes every Tuesday. If you'd like to share your story as a guest, you can reach us at fostercareuj at gmail.com. You can connect with other like-minded people on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash fostercareuj. The links to everything are in the show notes or on your podcast player and as always,
1: you are so super awesome. I thank you, guys. So, oh, go, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks, thanks, thanks.
0: All right, now I think it's time to go get me some coffee.
1: <laughs> you need some coffee. Caffeine, baby.
0: Yes, yes, I do. Speaking of which, if you guys want to help me have my coffee, um, I could use a little help with coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could.
0: Yeah. We have an account over at buymeacoffee.com. It's kind of like a virtual tip jar. And so if you get a couple dollars and you'd like to support this because this stuff does cost money and it's what we're doing, not charging anybody, that's why our content is always free. We don't have any paywalls or anything. If you'd like to help out, it's at buymeacoffee.com slash foster care. And you can, you just put a, a virtual tip in there and it would be amazing and we would love it.
1: Yeah. I could sure use a cappuccino. <laughs>
0: Amen unparalleled <sighs> studios